How's it, everybody? Welcome back for another episode with me, Nick. As always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Ronnie. How are you doing, Ronnie? I'm good. How are you doing on Super Brew? I heard I'm beating you on every front. You heard, hey? I don't know who you've been listening to, but clearly to the wrong people. Definitely the wrong yeah, people. Yeah, almost like when you, went, you and I played squash together and also whipped you on the squash board. I don't know. If there's no photos, how can I believe you, hey? Photos are... You don't have to believe me. We both know what the truth is. <laughs> but you were playing squash with the old man. He beat you, didn't he? Very much so. Lack of him, keeping Ronnie in his place. You were never very good at squash, eh, Ronnie? Much like your rugby career. I'm going to reserve comment there because we both know that my rugby career has been a lot more successful. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll let you have that one, Ronnie, because I actually have some very big news. So I've decided I'm coming out of retirement. I'm going to play rugby again. And can I tell you why? box, my man. We're going to the next World Cup. They need a 36-year-old hooker slash flank. There's no one in the running for that position now, so why not come out of retirement? I can be the, the Skulk Brits of the Springboks. The Dion no, you can't. So Skulk Brits had agility, and Dion Free <laughs> could play in the back row. You can't do either of those. Are you saying I'm slow, Ronald? Yes. <laughs> Yo, okay, well, there goes my 2024 New Year's resolution. Thanks, Ronnie. I, that's just a ridiculous thing to say. So, talking about ridiculous things, did you see this nonsense in Ireland? They had Jacques Nienaber coming to speak at a leadership seminar. And before he comes onto the stage and they announce the speaker, they show Ireland beating the Springboks in the World Cup pool stages. I mean, how ridiculous is that? No, well, that's all they have to show for it, right? If, if, if I were them, I'd also milk it. Right? You've got nothing else to, to go. They're lucky, they're lucky the Six Nations don't have uh, playoff stages. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong there, hey, they're going to get, otherwise they'd get knocked out. Quarterfinals, it's eight in a row, I think, hey, Ronnie? I see you stole, you stole my joke and you posted it on someone else's page. The joke that I stole from someone else. What joke was that? That the Six Nations doesn't have playoff stages and that they are very lucky. <laughs> yeah, but it's also the truth, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I just found it funny that you stole the joke that I stole originally. So, Ronnie, now you were speaking about changing teams because you're not very happy with where the sharks are leanne forbes thanks mm -hmm. for writing into us we got your email always great to hear from you and i think you summed it up quite well supporting the sharks at the moment kind of feels like being an italian fan as leanne said you know it's <laughs> imagine how many times they've gone and watched their team lose no but there's a difference right the, the italians were chock full of springbok players and then still lost that's what it's like supporting the sharks so you're saying it's even worse than being an italian fan ronnie yeah, because the Italians are filled with Italian players. The Sharks are filled up of, I've got eight World Cup winning Springbok players and still lose. But granted, they're doing not too shabby in, in the Challenge Cup. But, you know, for number one, they are in the Challenge Cup. And number two, they're at the bottom of the URC. I don't yeah, think there's much to celebrate. It's not looking good in the URC. But like you say, the Challenge Cup, we're still in with a shout for, for making the last 16. So, Ronnie, you said you were considering changing sides. We put it out to a poll in the last episode. 43% mm. of voters said that absolutely you should change sides. Come to the Bulls. They want you. They want to see yeah. you in pink jersey, Ronnie. <laughs> okay. We can wear jersey rather. 43% also said, nope, he'd be a traitor. So okay. I have to agree with him. He'd definitely be a traitor. But I would love right, to fight with you in a pink Bulls jersey. Okay. And carry on. 12%, which must be our Cape Town listeners, said that why the Bulls though? So... <laughs> That's, that's the situation. It's a tie between being a traitor and supporting the Bulls. 
Yeah, it's unacceptable. I'm not going down to the Stormers. I'm not going down to the Cheetahs. I think I'll settle with it. You're settling with the Bulls. Okay, well, you guys heard it here. Now I want to see that pink jersey. I'm going to buy it for your birthday, Ronald. Fair enough. Buy me a pink jersey. I won't be the one spending money on a pink jersey. You will. Then lastly, did you check that there's a new rugby game coming out, Rugby 24, being released on the 30th of January? I see a lot of posts yeah. about who should be on the cover, and it'll be interesting to see that. But Ronnie, what are we expecting from that game? A load of rubbish is what I would say. I mean, we've seen a number of games released and nothing quite nothing quite meets the standard of Jonah Lomu, Rugby Challenge 2. Yeah, we took Rugby Challenge 2 and we added all the real names of the players in the current squad. So we enjoy playing that quite a bit. Ronnie's very good at losing to me in that game. But Rugby we 8 was good. And I think a lot of people believe that Rugby 8 was good. But if you, if you ever need a, a follow-up from Rugby 8, Rugby Challenge 2 is definitely the game to play. Rugby Challenge 3, not so good. Yeah, Rugby Challenge 2 could just use with like the moves from Rugby 08. The set piece. Then it, would be a, then, then it would be a complete game. Yeah. So, Ronnie, now let's go over to the Challenge Cup. We've briefly touched on that a little bit, but that was that's the, the second fiddle tournament currently going on. So you're beating me in the Challenge Cup. You are right on Super Brew. You are ahead of me. They lied to me initially off, off, off air. You lied to me. I would never do something like that, Ronald. So I'm in 204th, moving up 37 places. Ronnie, you're in 188th. Moving up 167 places. So I'm on your ass, bro. Okay, bro. First up, we had Ospreys getting a good solid 25 points to three win over Perpignan. I think they'll be happy with that, especially what's going on in Welsh rugby. One that caught my attention, Ronnie, and it's one that you backed Benetton by six on Super Brew. I backed the Falcons by two. I'm, in fact, the only person that backed the Falcons. <laughs> and they lost 1857 to Benetton. Yeah, you've got to watch rugby to actually know that you can't back the Falcons over Benetton at the moment. Well, I followed your first rule, which was when in doubt, back the home team. <laughs> <laughs> when you know nothing, back the home team. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that one didn't go my way. Uh, Clermont getting a 38 to 17 points win over Scarlets. While Shad's still struggling to get anything on the board in this competition. Then Ronnie the Sharks, they finally broke a three-match losing streak to get a 38-7 win over Ionax. Ionax gets it go. <laughs> so Sharks winning yeah, well, 38-7. What do you make of the call to bench Urban? Is it a situation where it's fine, Urban just needs a little bit of rest? Or was it a tactical one because the Sharks have been fading in the latter stages of their games to have his leadership coming on? later to close the game out yeah quite honestly i didn't think we needed even there if you saw our lock pairing that started the start of the game they were excellent and they and you know they played really well right up to the point when Yebit came on where he just took over so there's no need to be playing these players if you know if they've played so much and you've got you know perhaps another player that can, can play in it in his stead and yeah look i think i'm a little bit surprised not by the win but by how much we won by so I have to give credit to the Sharks. Wasn't not not the happiest fan at the moment, obviously, but uh, well done to them. So a lot of people on our social media have been commenting, look, John Plumtree's headed back to New Zealand to deal with some family stuff. Now the Sharks win as soon as he leaves. I don't personally feel like you can read much into that. No. I don't know what you think of that, Ronnie. No, not one game. We also said the same when Neil Powell came in as director of rugby at the Sharks. The Sunday the Sharks were winning or were they losing? Can't quite remember. Probably losing. And we said, oh, well, what influence does, does he have immediately? We just said, you know, it doesn't 
coach doesn't lose a game, he loses a season, or he doesn't win a game, he wins a season. So it's a long-term game. It's, it's definitely not an immediate impact going away for one day. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that, Ronnie. You know, Sharks running in six tries to one in this game. Two tries for Ox and Chair, two for Mapimpi. Great to see the Springboks getting on the board, and Mapimpi had a lack of turn of pace to score one of his tries. Yeah, I was a little bit sad when they took Ox and Chair off. I was hoping he would get a hat-trick, because how often does he find himself in that position? True, true. And then, shout-out to our boy Ian Weir, who's probably listening to this episode, because I now know how to say this name correctly, allegedly. Cast beat Black Lions 28 points to 6. Still convinced it's Castro's. Maybe any of our French listeners can clear that up. Ian's not the most trustworthy person I know. Zebra, 20 points. Dragon, 17. One of the closer games for the weekend. Also followed up by a very close one from Edinburgh, narrowly going down 21 points to 20 against Gloucester. So I got that call wrong, actually, on Superbrew. I backed the Dragons. I thought the Dragons were going to take it because Zebra have just been underpowered for many seasons now. So good on Zebra for for, you know, proving me wrong and going on to win their home game. Yeah, that's the pick you make if you don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, back to home team, exactly. <laughs> yeah, righty. Then over to Montpellier, they got a 13 points to three victory over the Lions. That was a bit of a hectic game. Three points in it at halftime. The first points put on the board by J- Jordan Hendrickser in the 30th minute. Very, very sloppy game in the first half. Yeah, I was a little bit a little bit surprised with with exactly that. A lot of handling errors, a lot of you know things all over the place. No, no real structure, and disappointed in the Lions' performance. Yeah, I mean, Springbok scrum half Kurbis Reinach did get over the line. It was held up, but second half the Montpellier subs really made a difference. They came on and they scored thirteen unanswered points. I still feel like the Lions are on an upward trajectory, Ronnie. Though I feel like there is something good building there, and and the Lions have done it before. So. Like get behind that, right? So they they were down and out. They were nowhere. They were playing relegation matches against the Kings at one point, and then they came on and found their way to the final. So I do believe that the Lions have it in them to rebuild and move forward. I wish the Sharks would take a page out of their books. And and look, it's it's perhaps not translating into wins at the moment, but yeah, perhaps this is this is watch 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 this page. Yeah, and I mean it's great to see youngsters at the Lions. Like Sonelo Lohamba is really flourishing there. Frankie Horn. You reckon, eh? Well. Yeah. He likes Anil and Humber at 10. So I how do you feel? You would rather well. play him at 10 over Jordan? Well, that's what's currently happening at the Lions. And, you know, Henry yeah, von Bakes having a good season as well. He's previously been on here for a chat with us. So great to see that the, the Lions are coming back from, from a bit of a slump. Then Ronnie Cheetahs in Amsterdam. They didn't end that game on a high. It was 20 points for the Cheetahs. <laughs> <laughs> 30 for wow. And yeah, unfortunately, Cheetah's not getting a win. That is technically their home ground, but the stadium sold out, which is incredible. Hey, Ronnie. Off the back of the, uh, your joke that you just made, did you see all the smoke that went that was off of the back? I couldn't decide if that was just the coffee shops or somebody drying burrows. Yeah, it's, it's winter there now. They need to keep everyone warm. So there's little fires everywhere. Many, many little yeah, fires. Fortunately, the Dutch like orange, so they fit right in with the Cheetah's. Yeah, hip Holland, hip. Remember that from the 2010 World Cup, eh? But yeah, they definitely turned out to support the Cheetahs. Great to see all of them being allowed onto the field after the game as well. Cheetahs, though, handling, letting them down quite drastically, as well as their discipline, giving away some cards and penalties at the end of the game, because it was one point in it until the last 10 minutes. 
Do you want to say the last 10 minutes? I can't I seem to recall the ending going off a little bit differently, but yeah, they, they she just were in it with some sort of a foot in the door, but that quickly went out the window. Some, uh, yeah, power stepping up the pressure. Yeah. Ronnie, then over to the Champions Cup. So I'm beating you in Super Brew here. That's a lie. It's an absolute lie. There's no, there's no. be honest <laughs> okay. now. Be honest. Okay. Okay. I am 390th. I moved up 244 places this round. You are 203rd, moving up 137 places. So, well, before we're beating you in all fronts, you're beating me in all fronts. Yeah, yeah, on all fronts. And even with that nice big Stanley Cup, I see you've joined the trend there, Ronald. You know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, not a clue in the world. So, Ronnie, first up in the Champions Cup, we had Saints getting a massive 61-14 to win over Bayonne. Very well done from the English side. They are also pumping it in the Premiership, so just carrying that form through. Exeter Chiefs, Exeter Chiefs much closer, 19 points to 17 against Glasgow Warriors. Bit of a slugfest there, not the greatest game to watch. Leon getting a 34-20 to point win over Connacht. That game did surprise me a little bit because Connacht's been doing pretty well in the URC. I expected a little bit more from them. I did pick Connacht, but Leon proving too powerful at home. And some of these French sides are really playing some good rugby at the moment. So you made some picks for the Champions Cup, the official Champions Cup page. What did you back there? Do you actually back Leon there? No, I backed Connacht in that one. Uh-huh. That's why you suck at Superbrew. You probably asked me to do the picks instead. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll see, Ronnie. We'll see. Then over to Toulon at home, going down to Munster, 18 points to 29. Ronnie, in this game, you and me both backed Munster by two points. Of course. Uh, I don't think we foresaw the scoreline Munster managed to rack up there. But again, another Irish side that's playing some very, very good rugby now. And currently without Archer and John Klein. So they're only going to get bolstered and better when those players return from injury. Bit of yes, a bit of no. I think the Irish teams are playing really well, so well done to them. But I also think that, unfortunately, the case with a lot of the franchises, is they prioritise top 14 over uh, champions and challenge cups. You know, here and there, you'll find a team that finds that they, they, they put a little bit more effort into these these tournaments, the challenge and champions cups, respectively. But just Toulon traditionally isn't somebody that, that likes to perform too hard on the Champions Cup. They prioritize top 14. Fair enough. Top 14 is a, is a very tough competition and it is a huge thing in France. So understandable. But in saying that, La Rochelle are back-to-back champions at the moment. So I think it varies French side to French side. La Rochelle are back-to-back champions. I mean, now they're bottom of the log. Yeah. Ronnie, Bristol versus the Bulls. Now, this was an interesting game because the Bulls left their spring box at home. Many people touting Bristol to get a win in this game. You and me both backing the Bulls on Super Brew, though. Why mm. did you back the Bulls? What made you think they were going to take this one? And they did 31 yeah, points to 17. You know, as, as, a, as a Bulls supporter of our life, um, the reality <laughs> is that <laughs> the reality is you just don't discredit the Bulls. You know, the Bulls are a strong team, and Jack White's done a sterling job there with them. So. Just based on that, based on a bit of a gut feel there. Backing your new team, hey, Ronald, I see how, how deep these traitor roots run. <laughs> a second string bull side, didn't tell them apparently because they played exceedingly well, not just beating Bristol, but racking up their biggest score in the competition to date. 31 points to 17 was very, very good. And 
When I went to check the Prem log, I noticed that Bristol's actually eighth in the Prem. So it makes me wonder why everyone was expecting Bristol to, to really turn it on against the Bulls when they can't in their main competition. Yeah, I would not have backed Bristol at all in this. And I agree with you. I don't know why anyone would say that. Yeah, the Bulls scrum, typically of the men from Pretoria, massive, massive scrumming effort. First scrum penalty early in the game really set the tone for them. Just a bit sad to see Vilku Lowe going out injured. You know, he's signed in Pretoria now from the Harlequins. And not great to see the big man going down. So I hope he's all right. Stormers, 31 to 24 against Sail Sharks. Rob Dupria playing over there. What did you make of that game, Ronnie? And there's a couple of controversial things we need mm. to discuss here, but your general feeling on the game? Yeah, Stormers, have, I reluctantly would like to say that the Stormers are, you know, quite a force when they play at home. It's difficult to beat them at home. So you always, it's always a safe bet to back the Stormers in Cape Town. Yeah, I have to agree with you. They're really turning that Cape Town Stadium into a fortress, keeping up their home win streak going. So, Ronnie, in this game, Sale lost, and then come out these claims that the team on Wednesday got food poisoning because of dirty ice at the hotel. In the post-match press conference, they're talking about how filthy the hotel was. Excuses or something that needs to be paid a bit of attention? I'd like to know what hotel they stayed in. I actually would as well, because if you're coming over here with pounds, I don't know why you would need to stay anywhere that's not top class. Stay in the Hilton, right? Yeah. So, yeah, don't know how much credence to pay to those claims. Diamani, Ronnie, we need to discuss him because he is playing some excellent rugby. And I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, Dobson tells these guys, I want to produce Springboks here at the Stormers. I want you guys to be Springboks. And it seems to really fire up these youngsters. There's a gap at eighth man currently in the Springbok setup. And Diamani is playing incredible rugby. Are you talking about the gap that your boy Jasper Visa fills? Yeah, but there's Dwayne. Dwayne is not there. You need a second eighth man. Yeah, you see, that's a difficult one. I also had a, a, a Mr. Ian Weir message me and say that Diamani deserves to be a Springbok. But he has a chance, considering the rebuild that will most likely go through as Springboks for the next World Cup. But he's competing with some uh, legacy Springboks there and the likes of Evan Ruiz. And, no, it's, it's a tough ask, but I do agree. It's, he's, he is on fire. I just have to stop you at the point of Evan Ruiz because... I was really in support of him at one point and wanting him to to do really well. I thought it was wrong that he wasn't being selected. But he's really failed to impress me over the last year because his discipline's still a problem. He's had injury problems. And I think at some point, you know, we need to look at who's replacing him and how well Diamani is doing in that role. Okay, I, I don't want to take anything away from Diamani and perhaps on the note of, of Evan Roos. He's still young and uh, and and you know, discipline discipline is, is challenging for the youngsters. But he's shown time and time again how quick he is, how strong he is with the ball, carrying the ball. You know, so if he can get his, if he fixes his discipline, there's no reason he can't be a sprint up. And, and yeah, that's, that's the reality. But look, Diamani and jo- what Don Dobson is doing there, fantastic. Yeah, it's definitely working for all those guys in the Stormers camp. And very keen to see Similani start to integrate into that. Big Gus, your boy, he was down there in Cape Town. I hear he was quite bleak that you weren't there to go to Truth for Breakfast. Is that the truth? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't go to Truth for Breakfast. Truth is for hipsters. (laughs) Yeah, Ronnie, well, pretend like you don't love, what is it? Honey blowtorch bread with with what banana on it? I don't know what you're talking about. That just sounds like something I can never eat. Yeah, they are, yeah. 
So Leinster then getting a comprehensive 43-7 to point win over Stade Francais. I think everyone at this point expects Leinster to win everything, at least until the knockout stages. Yeah, when it starts to matter, that's when they lose. Yeah. <laughs> then over Ulster versus Toulouse. Toulouse getting a comprehensive 48-24 to point win. I thought Ulster might take this one. Toulouse been struggling a little bit in the top 14. But Antoine de Pont again, Ronnie. See, you put it in, a, in, in, in uh, parenthesis here, is he worth a hype? What are you trying to, what point are you trying to make? So what I want to ask is, is he worth the hype? Is he really the hype player everyone says? Or Yes. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I love watching DuPont play. I really, really do. Absolute class scoring. Two of the seven tries in this fixture. But the manner in which that man finds space on the field is unbelievable. Because not just that, he, he was an average kicker. Then he became one of the best kicking lines out there. He was an average distributor of the ball, and then he became the best distributor of the ball that there is. And, you know, everything that he works on, he just becomes the best at. And he's, he's not just well-rounded. He's the best in every, in, in, in every facet. The only thing he doesn't have is a winning team like the Springboks around him. <laughs> Glad you slipped that one in there, Ronnie. But can I make a bold statement here and say that Anton Dupont is like Fourie Dupreer reincarnate, the modern-day Fourie Dupreer. Just class in every aspect of his game. Yeah, you could probably say that. The Yost for the best days. Ew, good old Yost, hey? Then Harlequins racking up a big 54-15 to 15 point win over Cardiff. I think that was very much expected. Cardiff struggling a bit in the URC and Harlequins boasting a number of talented players. Bath seeing a bit of a resurgence now with Johan van Graan there. Great to see that he's managing to pick that club up. They were struggling last year. 29 points to 25 win over Racing 92. That was a really good game, Ronnie. Did you manage to watch it? I did not, unfortunately, watch it. But I do want to slip a comment in here, if that's all right with you. Yeah, I guess I'll tolerate it this time. Do you remember that time we went to the Rugby World Cup in France and we saw Bob and Black and thought it was your for <laughs> That never happened, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. That was very <laughs> embarrassing. Hey? And then we ended up sitting next to him for the whole game. Idiots. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Two halves of a whole idiot for sure there. But Ronnie, and this is also coming up later in the show, but that Finn Russell tackle on Cameron Wokey, did you see that? That was, I love it when a back manages to smash a forward. Yeah, that's because it's always unexpected, right? Should never happen. So well done, old Finny. But the best is Wokey's broken like three tackles and he's on his way and Finn just plants him. Absolute class from the Scottish 10. La Rochelle, Ronnie, back-to-back champions. They really shut the Tigers up this weekend. 45 points to 12 victory. Two tries apiece for Teddy Thomas and UJ Suatini. Big Willie also scoring one, eh? Yep, yep, for Big Willie. Big Willie scored one. I enjoyed this game a lot. I saw Big Will also be a little bit, what's the word? Cynical in, in giving away some penalties there. He's very big. He reached over the rack, tried to slap, slap the ball out of the nine's hands. So he's a little bit naughty, but uh, it's nice to see. I enjoy I enjoy this. Yeah, well, you're right. He did also get a yellow card in that game along with Jonathan Dunty. So La Rochelle were down to 13 men. The Tigers still not managing to mount much of a challenge. Ronnie, another big game this weekend and this was also one i really enjoyed watching probably because there were a few english players i enjoyed seeing on the losing end of things but 
Bordeaux 55 to 15 for Saracens. Damien Pennell. That guy is going to be one of the top players in the world if he isn't already in the top 10 because class two tries, one try assist and 135 meters in 60 minutes on the field. He is a workhorse. He is a classy player. And France are very lucky that he's still pretty young. Let me ask you, did you pick that one right or not? Bordeaux first? Yes, I did. And you? Did you really? I did not think you did. I thought you would go with... Well, Saracens have traditionally been a strong team, therefore you have to back them. Do you think I would back Owen Farrell? <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Saracens are struggling. They're sixth in the Prem currently, loaded with English talent, but struggling to really, you know, press a hold on the games and win the ones that count. So they'll be disappointed. That's a good 30-point loss to them. 40-point loss. There's Nick's maths at it. Bordeaux scrum, Ronnie. I swear they've had... Good old Rossi in there to help them out because they smashed the Saracens back. Yeah, well, that's enough about Bordeaux and how they managed to dominate Saracens. Ronnie, a couple of things in the news this week that we need to have a bit of a chat about. So first up was British and Irish Lions. They're getting ready to tour Australia in 2025. And Andy Farrell appointed head coach. It was always going to be him, though, let's be serious. It definitely was, and I think he's the right man for the job. Gats has had the role for yeah, a long time. Carroll's been an assistant coach on two Lions tours, so I think he's definitely up to the challenge. The question is now, Ronnie, does he appoint his own son as captain of the Lions? Ooh, that's a difficult one, and, and the answer should be no. It is a difficult one, but if he feels that Owen's the strongest leader in the group, that's something, you know. And another question I have for you. You're now head coach of Ireland and head coach of the Lions. How do you select someone? Let's take a ridiculous option and say Caelan Doris, but choose not to select him and instead start Courtney Laws. How do you explain that to him when you come back to the Ireland camp? I think the benefit of is we always talk about the coach making the selections. It's not the coach making the selections. There is a panel of coaches. There's a team of coaches and selectors that make the decision. So before we get carried away, I think uh, he's fortunate in that he can rely on a team of people to make uh, uh, the right decision. Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot that needs to be navigated in a role like that. So it'll be interesting to see how Andy ties it all together. But I have no doubt they're going to play an exciting brand of rugby. And for me, that would most likely mean Finn Russell starting at 10. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Bit of sad news coming out of Durban. You know, the French are reporting that Rohan Janssen von Rendsburg has signed for Bordeaux and will be leaving the Sharks. You know, he came back to add to his Springbok caps. He's only got one, one Bok cap. And things didn't really pan out for him at the Sharks. I actually forgot about him for a moment there. But you're right, he has been playing at the Sharks today. Probably a good thing for him to be off and go earn some money overseas. Yeah, it's definitely sad. It was a player I was very excited to see return after the Sharks had lost Andre Esterhazen, kind of the big 12 mold that you'd like to see with Lucania at 13. But yeah, Francois Fenter mostly being preferred there after he signed last year when his club went into liquidation. And now the, <laughs> and we're talking about the Sharks a lot in this episode, but Sean yeah. Everett, right? You'd, you'd swear we Sharks fans. Well, we know you're not. So. Sean Everett, he's now signed a two-year extension at Edinburgh, maybe proving that the problem at the Sharks is not one of coaching because he's been head yeah. coach of Edinburgh now and they're fifth in the URC. I have to apologize to Sean Everett because I was very critical of him when he was coach of the Sharks and I was very excited when John Plumtree came to replace him. But I think the reality is he's actually an extremely good coach and, and the fact that Edinburgh are fifth in the URC, you know, it says something. 
Yep, it definitely does say something. A shark's still needing a bit of introspection there. Great to see the Six Nations installing a new gum guard so it's going to have sensors in it that can feel the impact of a head contact. Hopefully this is the newest technology to make sure Faz, when he shoulders someone, they know whether it's in the head or not. Good to see that they're implementing more safety measures. Marco Vunapolo, retiring from the game, Ronnie, 79 test caps. And a year before... Okay. A, a little bit sorry for him. He's been a good player and yeah, uh, probably deserves a little bit more silverware than he's got over his career. Yeah, well, at least there's one silver in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, was that too much, Ronald? That was a good one. Ronnie, and then since we're laughing, some really great news coming out of Japan this week. Lurt Diaka has returned to play. He's been suffering with a bit of a cardiac problem, so great to see that he's returned to fitness and really hoping that we'll see him in the green and gold still. For sure. Lastly, Ronnie, then, you know, it's the May Fokchul moment of the week. We missed last week, but undoubtedly last week's May Fokchul moment was Alfie Barbary chundering. That was hilarious. Bath versus Gloucester, massive game. Bath narrowly winning it. And as the camera pans to Barbary, he just chucks one. Hey. How did he chunder like that? I don't understand. What is he trying to channel it through? Was he trying to hide his chunder with his hands? <laughs> yeah, I think he thought he was going to block it. And uh, yeah, the pressure just gave in because that was some. That was a sight to see. Hey? <laughs> it was impressive. You've got to love when people chunder like that. It means I really worked really hard. Very, very true. Then we can't forget Peter Steff the toy with his grubber, resulting in a try this weekend in Japan. He's just an yeah. absolute animal, no matter where he's playing. And now he's playing with Aaron Smith and Bowden Barrett. So no, it's impressive, and that's actually why I wanted to make sure that we spoke about that. I just found myself on Instagram, spending more time checking out what's happening in the Japanese leagues, and it really is some impressive rugby there. It's entertaining running rugby. And then you've got world-class players like Peter Steppenpoy and Bowen Barrett and Aaron Smith all linking up. It's honestly a sight to see. So if you have social media, you better go go check out those Japanese leagues. I mean, the 9-10 matchups in that game this weekend was Will Genia and Quade Cooper versus yeah. Bowen Barrett and Aaron Smith. So some real talent on display then. It's really unfortunate that we don't get it live here in South Africa because I would love to watch some of that rugby. Well, I've heard there's a rumor going around that ESPN has secured the rights to play the, the Japanese league. So I'll do a little bit of research and tell everyone about that. The Japanese league finds its way to DSTV. I'll let it go. There we go. Thank you, Ronald. But May Fokchul moment of the week has to, has to go to Finn Russell. You've got to love it when you see a 10 getting one over on a, on a forward and especially a forward as big as Wokey. So Finn, well done. You get on May Fokchul moment of the week. If you guys want to see that and you haven't seen it yet, make sure you check our social medias. We'll post it up in our stories. Well, guys, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for joining for the banter and staying for the chat. My fuck job. That was luck. Make sure you smash that like button and subscribe on your preferred listening platform so you won't miss a moment of the madness. Catch you back here next Wednesday.